What's up, everybody? This is the Brokenness to Faith podcast. Um, we got another episode for you guys. We have decided that um, as of right now, as of this recording, um, we have been in lockdown in our houses, and a lot of businesses have been temporarily closed because of um, the coronavirus and, and things going on. So we decided to up our game for you guys instead of one every two weeks, which would be two a month. We're going to put out a new podcast once a week until this um, rough time um, and craziness uh, dies down. Mm. Um, whether you think this time is a, you know, what's going on is a hoax, where do you think it's being played up, or maybe it's a serious issue for you, everything in between. Um, we want to be there and give you just a few extra minutes of your week of something you can listen to, something yeah. practical, something hopefully that will be encouraging to you. Maybe it'll be really hard for you to listen to what we talk about, but it'll just be something that else you can listen to aside from um, the fake news media and, and all the lies on both the right and the left that they wow. want to tell you, distract you from. We're just going to give you practical things from the Bible that you can listen to. Um, of course, you should watch the news, but don't get so caught up in it. Take a break. Listen to our podcast. Um, but before we get into all of it and our topic today, uh, my name is Mark, Marky Mark, uh, Mark Edward, Mark Edward Bratrude. Bratrude, Edward Bratrude, um, beautiful. Those are some of the names people call me. No, we don't call you any of those. <laughs> no, or Marky, you know, or Mark E with an E, or Mark E with a Y. And then we got my man here who tried to interject and lie to you guys, but that's what people call me. <laughs> uh, what do they call you, Noba? Just Noah. Noah or Noba? Nothing fancy. Or Noah T or Mr. Thebolt? Yeah, you can go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Mr. T. So, um, today's topic um, is not going to be mentioned yet because we want you to check us out on Instagram, brokenness underscore two underscore faith. Um, we are updating it more often, so please go check it out. If you have any questions, brokenness to faith at gmail.com, brokenness to faith at gmail.com. I know our logo, we need to change it because it says from brokenness to faith, and it's brokenness to faith. Email us, Instagram us, questions, concerns, give us a like, do all that good stuff and it will really help us out. And yeah. and if you say, well, you're not talking about topics I, I want I want you guys to talk about, how are we supposed to know what you want us to talk about until you send us an email or hit us up on Instagram? Yeah, we'll gladly take suggestions. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll gladly do. take the suggestions we like. So <laughs> here we go. Today's topic, I'm just kidding. We'll hear, we would love to hear all of your suggestions. We'll do them. Um, today's topic is um, when isolation is bad, when isolation is good. Talking about loneliness and isolation. I know sometimes they can be similar things, sometimes they can be different things. But we're going to talk about as a Christian, or maybe you're not a Christian, you're wondering you know, what you really believe, when is it okay to isolate and when is it okay not to isolate? When is it okay in one sense to feel lonely, like maybe you're in a desert? When is that okay and when is it not okay. Um, and so we're going to get right into it. And we're going to start with the good. When is it good to isolate? And I don't want to necessarily say loneliness, but when is it okay to be alone? When is it okay to isolate? When is it okay? What are good times or what are good reasons for that? Noah? Yeah. Um, I want to first, like on that idea of the difference between the good and the bad. Uh, one thing I remember hearing a long time ago is that isolation is something that's forced upon us from the outside, right? It's something that you're forced into. You don't really have much of a choice. And then solitude is when we willingly take time alone. And there is a distinction between that good and that, um, that bad. But as believers and just in general as people, it's important to take time away from distractions, away from noise, away from problems. You kind of mentioned that um, in watching the news, sometimes it's good to turn it off for some time and just, you know, put that negativity or that worry aside and, you know, just tune it out in a sense. Um, but it's important that we take time to be alone. And uh, you mentioned this in your podcast a few weeks ago. Um, I'm glad you listened. I did, yeah. I thank you, it. thank you. I actually was the one who edited it, so I had to listen to it. Yeah. Um, 
but I remember listening to that, and you talk a lot about, um, you know, you need to kind of just be alone with you and God. And um, actually, in the gospel, nine times we see Jesus intentionally leave his disciples to be alone with God. And it's something that we need to be doing more often. And in this period of time where a lot of people are forced to stay home, it's a good time to start practicing that, hey, I'm alone anyways. I'm at home all day already. Why not take some time to just turn off the TV, put my phone away, grab my Bible, and just spend some time alone, you know? It's, it's a good time to start getting into that habit. Yes, 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 indeedy. Um, so I have some spiritual reasons why it's good to isolate or solitude, being solitude, and I have some practical things. From a spiritual side, I've talked about it before, and we've talked about it on and off, whether it's direct topic or not. Spend time with God one-on-one. It's okay to spend time with God in a group, hence like church, worship service, praying together, praying with your wife, praying with your husband, your mom, your aunt, your tio, your tia, the potatello man, um, whoever you pray with. Um, it's good to pray with people. It's good to worship with people, to hear a message from somebody. Sometimes it's good just to be one-on-one with God. I know I mentioned it before in the past, just finding your own space with God and spending time with Him. That's okay. That's a good time for solitude, per se, isolation, whatever you want to call it, to be alone so you can better hear from God. Um, when you need time to pray, um, sometimes it's hard to get a good concrete prayer in or prayer session in when you're distracted by a lot of things. You're married, you have kids, you have pressures of work, crazy schedule, on call, different things, busy, 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 go, go, go. Um, but sometimes we just need time to just uh, pray. Sometimes we need things, and I guess it kind of goes along with prayer, and I know the world would think, you know, to do this, and the Christian would say to pray, but even think, just we need to spend time and think. And I know that... Um, we think, oh, well, thinking, non-believers, they take time alone to think. We take time to pray. But even to think out these decisions, right. you know, looking at the pros and the cons of what we should do, I think those are very important. Cause sometimes in life we get so busy. Sometimes in life we get so hectic. We need to slow down for a minute, maybe even isolate ourselves from the world and just spend that time with God. And you know, that's why some of our best thoughts come when we're in the shower. Right, is it because you're alone, you're just you and your thoughts, and that's where some of the best ideas come from. In the shower? Yeah, shower thoughts. <laughs> shower thoughts. I've never had. I. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's something I w- I would say to that. And then the other thing is, I got I I thought of some a quote here. I had to look it up for a minute. That's why there's awkward silence I was repeating what he said um so about being busy because sometimes we just need to slow down sometimes we just need to you know sometimes slow down isolate just say you know what okay god I've been crazy busy I need to slow down for a minute make time not just for God but even for your own mental health but uh, I like this it's not so much a quote as it is song lyrics um says Alarm clocks screaming, bare feet at the floor. It's off to the races, everybody out the door. I'm feeling like I'm falling behind. It's a crazy life. 90 miles an hour, going fast as I can. Trying to push a little harder, trying to get the upper hand. So much to do in so little time. It's a crazy life. It's ready, set, go. It's another wild day. When the stress is on the rise, in my heart I feel you say, breathe. Just breathe. Come and rest at my feet. And be, just be. Chaos calls, but all you really need is to just breathe. Third cup of joe just to get me through the day. Want to make the most of the time, but I feel it slip away. I wonder if there's something more to this crazy life. I'm busy, 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 and it's no surprise to see that I only have time for me, me, me. There's got to be something more to this crazy life. I'm hanging on tight to another wild day when it starts to fall apart, and my heart I hear you say, breathe, just breathe. Come and rest at my feet. And be, just be. Chaos calls, but all you really need is to take it in, fill your lungs, the peace of God that overcomes. Just breathe. Let your weary spirit rest. Lay down what's good and find what's best. Just breathe. 
just breathe. Come and rest at my feet and be, just be. Chaos calls, but all you really need is to just breathe. By um, Johnny Diaz, Christian artist. Um, and I think it's true. Sometimes we just let this life go crazy. We just go at it. Boom. But sometimes we need that isolation time for rest. Sometimes, you know, we get stressed out and we just need that time with God where we need to slow down. Say, okay, God, you know, in your life you're thinking, man, I'm falling behind. I got this. I got that. How am I going to ever? And then you think you have to work harder when sometimes what we need is just take a step back. Right. We just need to take a step back and just breathe. Just come and rest at Jesus' feet. Um, that's spiritually speaking. But I even got some um, uh, practical things why it's good to sometimes isolate, have solitude, or be alone. Um might sound silly, but some of these things like to study for a test. It's a lot easier to study for a test if you're trying to get certified for some position or, you know, trying to, you're in college or, or trying to get some career and you need to pass some tests. It's a lot easier to do that when you spend time alone instead of being distracted. Right. It's a lot easier to study for a test in your room or at your house alone than it is in the middle of the mall food court, <laughs> you know. Um also, to get homework done, it's easier to focus on that. Um, maybe even a house project. Maybe your wife or your husband wants you to, to get stuff done in the house. A lot easier to do that when you're focused, when you're alone. And you don't have, And I know that's hard when you have kids. You have all these things going on. Um, but even other practical things for when it's good to isolate or be alone, per se, is to mentally prepare for, like, maybe a job interview. You know, you got a job interview coming up. You need to mentally prepare for that. Or maybe you need to meet a deadline at work. Sometimes it's good to focus, you know. You see people who just, they do whatever they want to do and hang out and run wild. And then last minute they're like, oh yeah, I, I got this report due tomorrow. And it's my first period class at 7 a.m. and it's midnight. I should get started on that. You know what I mean? And it's like, sometimes we need to step back way before then. Take a second, breathe. Take a second, rest. Take a second and say, do you know what, God, okay, I know I'm falling behind, and by world standards, if I take a break to spend time with you, time-wise, literal time-wise, that would be falling even more behind. But somehow, by your logic, that makes 100% sense. By the world's logic, it doesn't. You're behind so many on so many things, and it's going to take you uh, an estimate of this amount of time, but you're going to not do anything for another 20 minutes, and now you're just going to spend it with God? They said, that's crazy. Get stuff done. And I get it. You need to do that. Don't go to work and not work in front of your boss. Say, oh, well, I just need to spend time with God first. No, don't do that. But do it at home or when you get home. Spend that time with God, even when life is crazy, even when you feel like you're getting unrest, because that's when it's going it, to gonna better you, and it's going to give you a refreshment. It's like when you take a nap. They say it's good to take like a 20-minute nap, or in my case, I take like a four-hour <laughs> nap. It's probably not so good. But like a 20-minute nap so you can feel refreshed. You, know, you say, They say 20 minutes because it has something to do with your sleep cycle. So you go through this, the deep sleep cycle once, and then you wake up, and it's supposed to be refreshing for you. Well, sometimes for us to be refreshed, like it says in the Bible, there are times of refreshing. Um, you, need, you need to spend that time with God, and sometimes it's easier. There's nothing wrong with, with praying and worshiping with your wife or your husband or things like that or your family. But sometimes it's good just to be alone between you and God. Things you can pray for that maybe you can't tell anybody or you can't tell anybody yet. Things you're going through, you just need to spend time with Him. And those are things, I think, spiritually and practical things. And there's probably a lot more where it's good to just isolate so we can better focus or um, better use that time when we're alone. Now, when I say all these things, these are temporary things. Some of them might be reoccurring temporary things. You're in school. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. You're in school. You're trying to get certification for something. You need to have these reoccurring times to be alone, to study, to focus. Or every time you want, you need to have more time with God, that might need to be alone. But this isn't um, doing it to get away from people. It's doing it so you get closer to God or you can better prepare for whatever test or certification or to get projects done. But the goal isn't to get away from people. The goal is other reasons. If you're using isolation or loneliness, per se, um, to get away from people, and um, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but what is the reason you're isolating? Is it for God? Is it for to get something done? Because that's okay. But if it's for other reasons to isolate from people, to get away from people that want to help you, then that's bad. 
The only time it's good to isolate from people is if you were around a bad crowd and you're trying to get away from that. Right. You you want to surround yourself with good people, but in one sense you're isolating from a certain group of people for now. There's people I want to reach, but maybe I can't reach them right now because I'm just leaving that lifestyle. I truly believe when people say, oh, well, you can never go back. I truly believe in one sense you can go back to reach them. It can't be right away. You want to get right with God. You want to grow in your walk with God. But pray to God, how can he help you? There are porn st- ex-porn stars out there who go back into that industry at conventions, and they reach people. Men and women who I've, I've seen stories, and they do that. They've met God, and they have ministries. You know, There are people who who become you know drug counselors or Christian drug counselors, and they used to be drug addicts. And now they're reaching back to those people. You say, well, I can't, people say I can't go back to that. Well, yeah, you can't go hang out with the drug addict if you used to be a drug addict while they're doing drugs. Right. Hey, you want to shoot up with me? No, but I'm a Christian, so I'll still hang out with you. No, you, you can't do it then and there. But there's a time you can go back, and that's okay. But when you truly try to isolate you know, or be alone because you just want to get away from people altogether, that's no good. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much cover most of it. I agree there's. The spiritual side of things where, as I mentioned, sometimes we just need to be alone with God. But there is a lot that you know does play into our physical, mental health just to take time away from how quickly life moves. And, you know, if you're not paying attention, you know, a week can go by and days will go by and it's just one thing after the other. And if you're not intentionally taking time away from that to, you know, read the Bible or pray – or just sit alone for 10 minutes even, you know, that's going to wear on you. It's going to break you down, and we need to have those times where we can just separate everything out, all of the the hardships, the noise, the distractions, the responsibilities, and just whether you're spending time with God or you're just meditating, just thinking, having time of peace is so incredibly important, and like you pretty much already covered most of that stuff already um so we'll move on to the negative side of isolation because sometimes we don't choose to be isolated i know right now most people listening in this period of time are forced to stay home Um, sometimes you intentionally isolate yourself when it's not good and regardless of the scenario sometimes being alone is not good um a few verses, Hebrews ten twenty five. Oh, I was going to use that one. Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have other ones. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the, the more as you uh, see the day draw near. First uh, Corinthians twelve fourteen. Oh, I literally have that one. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I have others. For the body does not consist of, of one, one member, member but, but of many. many. Uh, we were created by God for community. Right. That's part of the whole point of a church is fellowship and you know being able to worship together being able to learn together being able to help each other you know we are social creatures by nature and yes there's times that we need to be alone just to think things through or spend time with god but too much of that isolation by choice or by outside circumstance can start to have its effects on us and it can start to you know break us down mentally and physically and you know, one of the biggest symptoms and causes of depression is isolation, right? You spend too much time alone, you'll start to become depressed. The more depressed you become, the more you spend alone, and it's this vicious cycle. And the point being is that it's not good, right? We need community. We need to be together, and too much isolation will have its effects. So I'll let you chime in. And then yeah, I'll so um, I guess I'll start with the verse that someone already took from me. <laughs> Wow. Um, 1 Corinthians twelve fourteen. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. It's like uh, in each sports team, we are a team. The team needs you, and you need them. Everyone plays their role. From the, from the all-star, the best player on the team, to the 12th man on the bench. Right. Even that guy has a role, because in practice, they need him for drills. They need him for five-on-fives. They need him for these different things. The sixth man, he's a key guy in the second unit. When they bring in some of their second unit guys, he's a guy who's going to come in, and he's he has to do better than the other second unit to keep that team afloat. Everyone has a role. Right. Some of the 
some of the best teams in sports, but specifically like basketball, everyone knows their role. You have one or two amazing players, and then you have a guy who will say, I'm going to come in, play down low, get some blocks, get some rebounds, and a few putbacks. That's my role. Another guy is going to be like, you know what? I'm going to come in, just get the hustle. I'm going to die for loose balls. I'm going to hit my free throws. And another guy is just going to say, I'm going to only get like 10 minutes. I'm just going to go hard for the 10 minutes I'm in the game. And I'm going to get out. Everyone knows their role. And that's how a good team works. A good team doesn't work when some player holds out. Somebody's, no, I'm not playing. I'm not doing that. There are teams I've seen in history of sports that on paper, talent-wise, might not be that good, but when they buy into whatever philosophy that coach or that team wants to do and they all buy into it, that's their best chance of winning. And you see it, and some of these teams win. You're like, how are they winning? Because they're all buying into a certain system. Now, I'm not saying the church is a system. I'm not saying the church is you know some some type of cult. What I am saying is, when we buy into God's word, when it says to be uh, in community, to be around others, when we all buy into that, that's when we see good things happen. That's when we see when when we see you know uh, when we blow past our expectations of what we thought our life could be, when God just blows that out of the water because we're in community with Him and with others. Look at this one, a verse you didn't have, so you didn't take it from me. <laughs> Proverbs 18.1, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Um, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. I think of church excuses. Um, I'm tired, so I'll just go home. You know, I, I won't go tonight. Or, you know, I was going to go, but I'm just, I'm on the couch. You know, we just had dinner or you know, I, I don't homework. know. Homework. Home, homework. Or I might be late to church, so I'm just not going to go. Right. You know, or I, I kid you not, there was one guy years ago. Um, he was a youth leader for a little while in our church. And then he, you know, after him missing so much church, we had to not let him be a youth leader anymore. And this was when I was in youth group. So, gosh, this was like 12, 13 years ago. I'm getting old. And I know everyone's like, oh, what? You're 28, you're not old. You know, I'm 40 and I'm old. And someone who's 55 says, no, you're young, I'm old. And somebody who's 70 says, no, you're young, I'm old. And then someone who's 90 says, you're young and I'm old. And then someone who's like 105, no, you're young and I'm old. You know, whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and a five-year-old tells a three-year-old, no, you're young, I'm old. You know, I got out of my diapers, you didn't. So, um, but but the point being here is we, we make these excuses and it goes against all sound judgment. This one guy who said, you know, I was, I almost got a try. He was, he, we had to not let him be a youth leader anymore because he stopped coming to youth group. And one, the last straw was, he said, he, we called, hey man, you know, um, you're not coming to youth group tonight. I know you were going to help out with some stuff. He's like, no, I'm house sitting for someone and um, they need me to feed their goldfish. <laughs> no joke, legit. And it takes, I don't have a goldfish, I don't know, but you can, you don't have to be around it 24-7. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? This isn't, this isn't a human baby, you know? And even then, babies go to sleep, you can go in the other room, you can go to sleep. You know, it's not like the fish has, you know, it's a fish. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, so, that was their excuse. But really, they wanted to go do whatever else, or... Maybe they literally were doing that, but they didn't really care to go to church, and they wanted to watch TV while the fish is in the back of the room in its fishbowl, whatever, you know. Um, but we make excuses. Um, and we also, like I said, First Corinthians twelve fourteen for the body is not consist of one member, but of many. I've never seen a strong Christian who didn't go to church Amen. or church hopped all the time. You will never see it. Oh, I love God. I just... You know, I don't think we have to go to church. Right. And then you see their worldviews on politics, and some of them are direct views that go against the Bible. You see them, you know, do certain things. They live a little bit of a different lifestyle. And then we say, you know what? Um, that you see them, and it's different. But if we are called to be Christians, we're called to be in community. And I've never seen a strong Christian not go to church. Right. What, what do they do when they're going through troubles and trials? Oh, well, I go to people. Yeah, who do you go to? I go to my friends. Yeah, your friends that probably don't go to church because you don't go to church. So you don't have many church friends. Right. Am I saying you can only be friends with Christians? No, of course not. But um, you need to be going to church. 
Because when you don't go to church, you're just making excuses. You're just doing whatever it is you want to do. And that's or when you church hop, I know a guy who church hops and he's oh my work schedule changed, so I need to go to another. I, I probably have to go to another church. And then months later, I find out he's going to another church, and it's a similar service time as the church he was going to on the same day. I'm like thinking, what in the world? And then he says, I just love my pastor. My pastor's so great. And then a year later, he's going somewhere else. And I hit him up like, oh hey man, how's life going? Good. Oh so uh, where are you going or where are you going nowadays? You know what what church are you going to? And he's like, oh, I'm going to this church, man. It's so great. And I'll be like, oh, I thought you were going to this one. He's like, yeah, man, but my work schedule changed. This and that. It's like, but those churches have like an hour apart schedule or half right. an hour schedule. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no faithfulness there. And then I see them, str- I see him struggling on Facebook, him and his family. Like, man, we're just going through a tough time right now. And I'm not saying that's directly related to it. It's not like God blesses those who go to church and he curses the Christians who don't. But I do think there are blessings when you are in community with others when you have other people praying for you and not just posting it on Facebook, but actually going to church right. every Wednesday night at our prayer service at our home church in Palm Desert, we have people that will pray with each other, like lay hands on each other. Not now in this time, you know, obviously because the, the virus going on, <laughs> but you know, we'll have people pray for you, not just a post where your friends see. And yeah, that's still good, but there's more to it than that. And I've never seen a strong Christian go to church. I've never seen a strong Christian who church hops. Right. You'll never see it. It goes against sound judgment. And like the one verse says, um, seeks his own desire. Part of that was from Proverbs 18, seeks his own desire. You're, you're seeking your own desire. I'm tired of this church. Or you're going to try some other church, and it's exciting. It's vibrant for you. I'm not just talking big churches, but you find one that's cool for you. Right. Or your friend, hey, check out my church. And then you go there for you. Like, Man, this is cool. It's different. It's new. And then when it gets old, you go somewhere else. You go, And you're never spiritually committed. And the people I know that do this church hopping, they never actually serve at their church. Right. They're about ministry, they say, but they're never actually about being under a ministry and serving a church. I knew a family that, yeah, I, I'm throwing them under the bus, but I'm praying that God will change them because I feel <laughs> like they've started a cult. Is they would go church to church to church, and eventually they'd work their way up the ladder. They would, they, You would think, man, they're model Christians. They start attending. They get to know the volunteers. They get to know the leaders. They're constantly serving, starting to serve. And then eventually they're proven faithful, so they get higher roles, more duties, which that's how it should be in the church. You know, you attend. You get more roles. You get more duties as you want to serve, as you meet the requirements of that church. Some want you to take classes. Some want you just to be faithful for a few months before you start serving. And then they move up the ladder until they get behind the scenes and see things for whatever reason that they didn't like. So then they would leave and if they were good enough or close enough to people they would take some with them go to another church and then another church and it kept happening so finally the uh, the wife of the family said i'm just gonna start my own church and there's a lot the uh, like uh, with theology wise why a woman should not be a head pastor i'm not gonna into that it's a whole nother thing i think we might have talked about it in our one of our q a's right yeah one of the questions was can a woman be a, a head pastor or can a woman be in leadership you should know. know we did this together. Go look it up in in our um, our podcast episode. And my view on that was, yeah, they can be a leader. They can even technically be a pastor, but they cannot be a head pastor. Cannot be the head. And this person, I'm kind of happy that they went and started their own church, even though it, I feel like it's a cult, is because they're no longer getting get, going up the top of another church up in leadership and then taking people with them as they leave. At least they're their own thing. But again, you know, I, I'm getting a little off topic here. But the point, <laughs> I do that a lot. The point being here is you need to be in one church, not church hop. Right. Because that's when it's it's bad. We we are, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Yes, it's about many churches. Churches aren't about competition. We should all be reaching the laws. But your congregation, unless they have a good reason or they feel God leading them, which you should go to your leaders about it. If you feel led to go to another church, talk to your pastor about it. Don't be like the people at work who they got another job, so they just don't show up at their current job. Right. No, you, you, you. Ha- it's tough. I hate these conversations, but I've done it a million times before. Hey, I got this other job opportunity. Here's some reasons why I need to take it, even though I don't necessarily need to give them reasons. I still do because I try to be a stand-up employer and then um, or employee, I should say. And then I, I let them know and I ask them for a timeline of what would be good. They ask me about a timeline of. When it would be when they want me to start my other job, and we figure it out, and it's a smooth transition. 
You can do that if you feel God leading you to another church to talk to your pastor about it. Now, if it's like a cult like Mormon or Jehovah Witness, um, don't you don't need to go talk to them and get their advice because I already know what they're going to say. They're going to condemn you. They're going to shame you into right. thinking about leaving, and then you're never going to leave, or you're going to feel bad, and then you're never going to go to that Christian church someone invited you to because you're going to think all religion's bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. But um, even today, I got a story. Just today, um, I was working. Yes, this virus thing is going around. Things are shut down. Not me. Yes. 95% of my work is sitting at home getting paid. Not me. Nice. I'm going to work to get paid. It's amazing. Yes, we should do a, an episode on grumpiness and bitterness. <laughs> so I'm dealing with that. But one guy met up with me. He's from another apartment, but he was supposed to help me today. And he was telling me as we're doing stuff how he just faces all this anxiety in the morning. How it's not over this virus, it's not over big things. Well, he just wakes up and he just feels so much anxiety. He wants to go, go, go. He just he just feels nervous about a lot of things and it just bothers him. He told me how he just got a girlfriend and he's telling me a story how years ago when he lived in New York with his family, he used to do drugs a lot and he moved up the ladder in this company, but it was hard to maintain this nice job while doing drugs and and it just it brought out anxiety and depression in him. And uh, eventually, you know, he moved to California. His family's not here. He moved here. He, he's renting a room. He's got a girlfriend from actually another person from our work. And things, you know, even then he still feels all this anxiety. And I remember just saying, you know, at one point he was like, hey, I'm going to get some water. I'll be right back. And I was like, okay, God, if you have an opportunity for me to share something with this person, you know, give me that opportunity. And right before we left, I said, okay, we're done. You can leave. I'm just going to do like two more things, but you, you're free to go. Thank you for the help, you know, and then you can go home. And um, and I was, I was getting ready to say that, and he came back, and I just, he mentioned some anxiety things again. And I said, you know what, for me, before you go, I just want to say for me, I have found that I have been to three different Christian counselors. I have had a lot of issues, a gambling addiction, um, premarital sexual promiscuity, all these different things in my life. And I said, for me, in my depression, and my mental state, and the meds I'm on, one thing that has uplifted me beyond belief is church. Right. It's I've set myself around good people in my community. I built a community around me of good people, and they've helped me. And it's not easy, but I tell you, you know what? I, I have found that it's gotten me through the day. It's gotten me through the week, being around good people. You know, just trying this church. And I'm not trying to push it on you. I told him, I'm not trying to shove it down your throat. You're an adult. You can, you know, you know that. But it's just something that's really helped me. And then he goes, his exact words, you know what? I should think about, like, this church thing. That's not something I've tried different things. There's just this void. And it just seems like I've been searching to fill this void, you know. And this girl, she's great, you know. And this job, it's great. And I'm making good money. And I'm renting a room, and I have all these things going for me, but yet sometimes there's still a void. Maybe I should think about this church thing. And then I didn't have his number, so we exchanged numbers, and our church is doing these this huge social media campaign because of what's going on. And I sent him uh, one of our two-minute videos on encouraging. On, it was like an encouraging video, and it kind of had to do with the Lord being with you. And it was just two and a half minutes. He's like, oh, two and a half minutes, man. And, you know, I, I can I can watch that. And so I sent him a text like, hey, it's Mark. And then so he had my number. And then I sent him, hey, check this out, like I was telling you. And that's just one thing of many things, you know. Right. But because um, we're not called to be alone. And you can use your story to bring people together. Right. I know I babbled for the last few minutes, but <laughs> it, it's true. Y you know, we're called to be together. And this guy right away, like I said, he said, wow, you know what? Maybe I should try this church thing. Right. He has... He went from, you know, being a drug addict and all these things. Sometimes those people who rebuild their life without God, they think they don't even need God when it's brought up. But even he was saying, you know, I got a good job now. I got a girlfriend. I got a place to rent. All these things. But there's still a void in my life. Right. And he's like, yeah, maybe I should try this church thing. And so I, I sent him a video that our church made just like a week or two ago, you know. And hopefully that leads to more. I'm going to be working with him again on Thursday, I believe. So, and say it's Tuesday. So, you know, it, this is, you never know what, what could happen if you reach out to people because we're not called to be alone. Right. One thing I wanted to add before I kind oh, of— Oh, hold on. I want to talk for 20 more minutes. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, one thing I wanted to add before we kind of switch gears a little bit is that um, you mentioned how people will make excuses to not go to church and whatnot. 
And I just want to add, partly from my own personal experience, is that if you don't want to be around people, you don't want to connect with people, you will find a way to make it happen, right? You will make the excuses. You will create the scenarios. You will find a way to isolate yourself if you want to. And so the first thing I want to say is that if you want to – if you're listening to this and say, I want to be in a community. I want to you know, fill that void. I want to not be so anxious. I want to whatever. You have to be intentional because if you're not, you will find a way to isolate yourself. And then you start the cycle of the more isolated you get, the more the, – the worse the problems get, the worse the problems get, the more you want to isolate. So you have to be intentional. And, and that's the first thing I want to say. But I want to switch gears a little bit and kind of now talk about what can we do if you're in that position of isolation. And also if you're isolated but you don't want to be because right now a lot of people listening are stuck at home. Like I said earlier, they you know, can't go out. They can't go to church. They can't connect with people physically. So I want to just real quick list three things that we can do to – Break that habit of isolation, not get cabin fever at home or not get disconnected from community and, you know, make sure that we are – when we're in positions of isolation and it's not good, that we can get out of it. Um, so I'll list these three things. Mark, if you have anything to add, you can just chime in um, as I go through these. But the first thing to do to help battle this loneliness is connect with God. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, if you're not going to a church, start going to a church, right? You know, as Mark mentioned, you know, find a home church. Find a church that you can serve in, that you can get connected in, that you can um, start building those relationships in and, you know, connect to God that way. And if you can't go to church, like right now where most churches are closed, then start reading your Bible more. Start praying more. Start even online churches, this would right. be a good time to find a church because you can watch their messages or videos or go on their Facebook or Instagram and, and research or talk to your friends who might know right. of a church or go to a church. Yeah, or other outlets like this podcast. Now we're doing it once a week for that very reason that people can have more outlets to learn and to get into the scripture. And it's one of the obvious things really in any situation is connect to God. First and foremost, we need to connect to God. In our last week's episode, we talked about returning and the, the five R's of Isaiah. And the first one was to return. That first step is to build that connection with God before anything else can happen. And that's the first step of really anything is connect to God and find ways to do that. The second thing is connect to other believers. And if you're breaking away from that community and you're self-isolating, then you need to rebuild those connections. But also right now, as I mentioned, people are home. They can't you know, go out. It's hard to connect to fellow believers. It's hard to have that fellowship. It's hard to have that community. It's hard to have that team. As Mark mentioned, it's hard to have these things when you can't leave your house. Um, and that's just something that you know, try to find different ways. Maybe you call up a friend of yours from church and just talk to them. Or one thing that I'm doing that's back in Phoenix, I have uh, a Bible study group I'm a part of. And we usually meet every Monday night, but now that everybody's split up and whatnot, we're using this new uh, website called Zoom or something like that. I just used that yesterday. Zoom, right? That's what it's called? The, the conference thing? Yeah, on your phone. Yeah. I guess you could use your computer. So, yeah. Yeah, Zoom. We're going to use that. Zoomy, Zoomy, Zoom. Yeah, Zoom. Yeah, Zoom. We're going to use that to, you know, it's like an online conference. Everybody can, you know, like Skype. Everybody can be in there, and we're going to use that to continue our Bible studies even though everybody's split up. Things like that, right? Find a way that you can still connect with believers, connect with your church, connect with other people to kind of keep you grounded, keep you on the right path, maintain those friendships, maintain that fellowship, maintain that you know prayer and all those different things that come from church and come from those Bible studies. Find ways to do that. Because if you just watch a live stream of your church service – and that's it, that's still good, but you lose that personal connection that comes from being in the church service and, you know, connecting with those fellow believers. Or even just a group chat with people. Right, anything, just to stay connected and, you know, 
make those you know relationships strong because if you allow those to deteriorate or fall apart during this period of time or any period of time you know it's going to disconnect you from god disconnect you from that church and that's just not good and the third thing is reach out and what i mean by that is originally what i saw this is reach out to other non-believers and that's good if, if you're lonely if you're you know in a position where you feel isolated yeah reach out to somebody who is not a believer and use that as sort of a i don't know the right word but kind of like a pull yourself out through action type of thing but in this particular circumstance we need to be willing to take the first step to reach out stay connected and whatnot you know, don't sit around and wait for your church to say here's what you can do or here's a meeting we're doing whatever be willing to take those first steps and even in normal circumstances if you're upset that your church doesn't have a particular ministry that you really want to be a part of take those first steps to start it don't sit around waiting for your church to start this ministry and then leave because they never did it you know sometimes we have to take those first steps and reach out and make the connections and pull ourselves out of this loneliness rather than just waiting for things to get better you know especially in this period of time you know we might be at home for weeks and if you sit around waiting for everything to connect to you it's never going to happen you're just going to get lonelier and lonelier and more isolated as the days go by but we need to be willing to reach out and take those first steps and maybe you say hey you know what I'm going to use this Zoom to start a Bible study with some of the people I know from church, and once a week we can all log on and have this Bible study. You know, be willing to take those first steps, reach out to people, and you be the one to keep people connected and pull people out of their isolation rather than waiting for them to come to you, if that makes sense, you know? doesn't make sense at all. No, <laughs> not, not at all. Yes, yes. No, that's a good point. Um, so those are the three things. Connect with God, connect with other believers, and reach out. Take those first steps. And those, I mean, it's very, it's not exhaustive at all, but those three things can really make the difference between us falling into isolation and loneliness and being able to get pulled out of that into the community that God wants us to be a part of and has made for us to be in. And again, that's different from the isolation that we take upon ourselves, you know, to spend time with God or get away from the craziness. That stuff is good, but when it takes you away from the church, takes you away from community, takes you away from people who want to help, that's when it's bad. And it's important that we are proactive to not allow this to break us down or, you know, wear us down and whatnot. We need to be taking these steps. So those are just a few um, if there's anything you want to add to that, Mark, you, we can, and then we'll do closing statements. This is my closing statement. Good. Now, <laughs> that's it. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. No, um, I got a quote in the scripture, so I'm the quote guy. Um, this was uh, a quote by Jennifer Maggio, who wrote an article about loneliness. She talks about herself, but then she also talks about in general. The more hurt I was, the more I wanted to run. The more I replayed the past, the more I wanted to simply stay underneath the covers and not get up in the mornings. It seemed the harder life was, the more I wanted to isolate myself from others. And life got darker and darker and darker and darker. That's the danger with isolation when we're going through hard times. It is easy for us to isolate. We don't want others around. We don't want to cry one more tear over the situation. We don't want to explain our emotions again and again. But the more we pull away, the darker the situation becomes. God created us for community. He created us so that others around us can encourage us when we are down. He uses people to speak life into us. And when we are too tired or broken or emotionally weak to even read his word, people are there for us when we do not isolate. When we isolate, we become more lonely. And it sometimes leads for us, you know, to have to make like worse decisions that can lead down to a, a worse path than what we're already in. 
So don't isolate. Like I said earlier, practical things. Yeah, for for things that are temporary. You know, even before this virus got huge and everyone's isolating. If someone had symptoms, they quarantined them. They were isolated themselves. But that's just that was just temporary. What we're going through now, that's just temporary. When you spend time with God, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day, 40 minutes a day, that's just your temporary time. It's not like you're isolating forever. And in that same thought, you're not doing it to get away from people, although you partially are because you're doing it to spend time with God. But the main reason you're doing it is to spend time with God. The main reason you're isolating before finals is because you're trying to study really hard for those tests. Right. You're trying to study really hard to, to get good grades, to get that certification. The reason you're isolating for a nap is because you're physically weary. You're physically tired. You need that rest. Um, but I also want to end with this verse, Psalm 68.6. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. You want to be rebellious, you want to do things on your own, you want to church hop, you want to think you don't need church as a Christian, you want to do all these different things, that's fine, but you will see the effects of it. And you can say, well, you're only 28, what do you know? I've seen it in people much older than me too. Don't go to church, claim to be Christian, and their life never goes well. Right. Or they, they say things that are contrary to the Bible, or they're always having a tough time, or they talk back, like at work, I, I see people who claim to be Christians, they don't really go to church, and they legitimately say, oh, I'm a Christian, but they always talk back to their bosses. They're never going to get promotions. They do just enough to keep their job, but nowhere near enough to warrant a promotion or anything like that. And it's legitimate. Right. I mean, I'm not saying if you go to church, you'll get a better job. If you go to church, you'll get all this money. Like, I'm not a televangelist, and I'm not trying to con you into things. But I do know when you're in community with the right people— godly people you can have non-believing friends but when you're in community with god believing people you have people to go to if you need wisdom you have people to go to or maybe they don't have wisdom for you but they're going through the same thing you are and you can go through it together you have a place to go where at least at our church i there are people who come in and they say man i just felt something different when i first came in or i felt the sense of comfort not because our church is jacked up on the holy spirit where it's such an amazing church but because i people coming into that church are helping bringing in that presence. Because people before that person came in for the first time, there are people who came in for the first time a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, and they helped as they got, they drew closer to God, they helped bring in this presence of, of friendliness, this this presence of togetherness, this presence of reaching out to people. And that's what God is. We don't talk about that a lot. Like, that sounds kind of cheesy, but God is friendliness. Right. God is reaching out to people. God is togetherness. And sometimes, People walk into and say, man, I just feel the presence of God. But then they never come back. Why? Well, you said you felt the presence of God. Yeah, but no one talked to me. No one said hi. I just didn't really feel comfortable. I did feel God there. Well, it's like I think if, if you truly felt God there, in my personal opinion, that would mean it's coming from the people, how they're living their lives there in that church. And in that church, if people are living their lives for God, then they're going to be friendly, they're going to reach out to you, they're going to love on you, regardless if you're LGBT, regardless if you're liberal, regardless right. if you're conservative, regardless if you're homeless, regardless if you're rich, regardless if you're a drug addict, regardless if you're an alcoholic, regardless if, if you've been to jail or not, regardless if these things are obvious when you walk through the door or if they're, they're not obvious at all. A good, friendly church, a church of togetherness and of reaching out, there's something there, and get around those people. Right. And get around that. If you go to church, ask yourself, is that the church I'm a part of? And if not, go to your pastor. Hey, how can we, this is what I feel. I don't want to step on toes. I don't want to make judgments. But I just want to talk to you about these things. And and see where you can go from there. And I truly believe that. Because there is a time to isolate for things you need to focus on. But those are not everyday thing. You don't need to do it every day, all day. And then there are things where we shouldn't isolate. We shouldn't isolate from people. We shouldn't isolate from these things that sometimes all we have in life are very few people. And when we isolate from them, I have just a small group of friends. And I have a small family in the area. So when I isolate, when I isolate from those few people, I'm like isolating from everything around me. Mm. Don't do that. That never benefits you. And you always... You do not make sound decisions like we read in that scripture earlier. Right. 
If you want to make good decisions, be around good people. You want to make sound decisions, be around sound people. You want to get good wisdom, go to a church that puts out wisdom, godly wisdom. You want togetherness and you want to let go of this anxiety and this depression, then go around people who have either been there or are going through that too within the church, and they can help you get through it together. Yeah. Uh, The last thing I want to say is just encourage everybody listening that regardless of the circumstances around you, whether it's a stay-at-home order, maybe it's a job, uh, some other trial or hardship, is don't allow that to get in the way between you and going to church or between you and connecting to God, you know, or you and your friends, you and your family, whatever it is, don't allow what goes on around us to isolate us away from the world. And, you know, whatever that might be, just we need to stay connected. And especially now more than ever, we need to stay connected. We need to stay uh, in relationship with other people. And we can't allow these circumstances to get the better of us because, as Mark said, as I said, both of us can attest to this, isolation is not good. It brings you down the wrong path, makes you make the wrong decisions. It's not a good place to be, and we need to take the steps now to fight that and stay on top of it and stay connected. Um, So with that, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Again, you can get in touch with us if you have any ideas of things you want us to talk about, any suggestions, comments, concerns. And we will be posting every week, like we said. And just stay connected with us. Stay connected with the other people in your church. And we'll see you guys in the next one.